Hey friends, if you wish you weren't hearing an ad right now, then straight after you listen to this episode, head over to curiositystream.com slash not overthinking. For less than $15 a year, you get access to thousands of high quality documentaries on CuriosityStream, and you'll also get a special link to our podcast feed with all of the ads taken out. My name is Ali, I'm a doctor and YouTuber. I'm Taymor, I'm a data scientist and writer. And you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity, and the human condition. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Not Overthinking. Tamor, how are you doing today? I'm not too bad, thanks. I uh, I just got back from a week in Malawi a couple of days ago. I had a friend's wedding there. I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. Wait, so you had a week in Malawi? A week in Malawi. Malawi is in, is in Africa. That's right, yeah. It's a, it's a country. It's a country. And you went there for a wedding? I went there for a friend's wedding. Okay. It was like a destination wedding. I think it was my first destination wedding, actually. Where, where did they get married in Malawi? Uh, the bride's family are sort of from Malawi, and she's kind of grown up there and stuff. Oh, okay, because... Because initially, I thought it was a case of, you know, the, the nice thing about inviting people to Malawi is you can invite loads of people and only very few of them will actually come. Yeah, so I, th- I think that is actually a really nice thing. So I think from the, there was, uh, most of the brides, like family and extended family and friends and local community were there. But from the groom's side, most of his like network is in the, like the UK and in the US. And so not that many sort of of his side came, I think, apart from like close fam- family and close friends. So it was really, really nice because it, it just felt like very intimate. And we sort of went on this adventure together for a week. Um, a low social optionality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was one of the big sort of appeals for me that this would be a great opportunity for a low social optionality holiday um, where you can yeah connect with new people, make new friends, that kind of thing. Okay, so you're glad that you went to Malawi? Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. Okay, cool. So what's our topic for this week? Yeah, so in Malawi, I sort of met maybe like 10 or 12, a group of, we were sort of a group of 10 or 12 of the groom's friends um, from the US and the UK. Uh, and most of us didn't really know each other beforehand. And so it sort of got me thinking about like the whole process of making friends and connecting with people and that kind of thing you know i think we should talk a bit about making friends because I, I i don't think i've explicitly talked about this how to make friends how to make nice. friends. all right we're yeah. doing it this is the episode on how to make friends so what angle are we going to take from this i think maybe we should start at like the beginning like how do you know how did we make friends when we were younger and how does that sort of change over time and what do you kind of learn and what you know what do you unlearn and, okay. and that kind of stuff so let's go back to primary school i'm guessing you don't remember much about your mental state when we were living in Lesotho, sort of up to age six, seven? Uh, not really, but I can probably infer my mental state from my actions because really? the actions that we take uh, in, in order to further certain motives likely give some kind of indication of our mental state. Okay, what actions and, were, we, were you taking up to age six? And, and the first thing that comes to mind is that was a massive show off. <laughs> really? In <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, in, like primary school, years in, in one, primary, one yeah. two, three. Yeah, no, years, years one, two, three. And I, I, I guess I had the mental model that in order to make friends, you have to be impressive but the way that would kind of implement itself would be i would just be quite showy offy about and and just lie through my teeth about things that just clearly were patently false like what <laughs> oh, you've only got the spot now so um i i vividly remember one time when we were living in africa where we, we had this house next to the school and i just made up some some bs that i had some kind of science experiment running in the garden and it was like really cool and i drew out some kind of like weird chemical thing with like pipes and stuff everywhere and uh, i was like yeah i've got this i've got this in the back garden i just kind of do some experiments in my spare time um, oh my god and then and then one of the kids commented hang on in, in your diagram uh how, how how's the liquid going up <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and i remember thinking crap <laughs> he's got me <laughs> and i just was like oh you know it just it just is <laughs> it's 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 science don't worry <laughs> <Yeah>. about it <laughs> it's gravity man ever heard of it <laughs> 
And that, yeah, just this whole sort of showy off mentality. And I don't know, I think it kind of relates to what we were talking about with signaling and how kids love to signal things. Yeah, yeah. Um, that must be something to do with, you know, if I if I signal how great or how important I am in, in whatever domain, pe yeah. people will, learn, will then like me. Did it work? I think I had a few friends. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I, I feel I had, fr had friends in spite of yeah. <laughs> my, <laughs> my sh showy offness rather than because of it. That's interesting. What about you? Do you have any, uh, any recollections? I don't think I remember any particular things I used to do up to like age six or seven no no i don't remember i didn't think i was really sentient at the time or <laughs> like conscious yeah, yeah it, it's just all like yeah i don't remember any of it i think so when i was around sort of like seven eight that was when we'd moved to pakistan for a year so we were in this new school and kind of just starting this process of making new friends yeah i think a big part of that then was based on shared interests like the people that i became the closest to were the ones who enjoyed playing pokemon on the game boy at the time uh or the ones who enjoyed pokemon cards and i remember i had this friend called zen who's uh he he was semi an entrepreneurial like me and we had the, we had this incredible idea right he was he was like hey 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 Ali, you know there's this amazing website called google and if you go on google.com you can type in pokemon card pictures and then you can print off photographs of pokemon cards and you can stick them onto other pokemon cards and then you can sell those for a profit <laughs> <laughs> wow and that was the first time I discovered this website, google.com, <laughs> and started to, you know, in our little computer. And Wait, so you, you guys were seven years old. You're on google.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to figure out ways to hustle some money, man. Wow. Did, it, did you do it? Did it work? Um, I remember one time um, I I was on the computer ostensibly doing work. And then um, I, I was on google.com and it, it was like in a window and I tried minimizing it to get to actual work. And our aunt came into the room and was like, wait a minute, what are you doing? And saw Pokemon card photographs on google.com. Oh. Oh, worst thing. You don't want someone walking in on that. <laughs> and how to somehow justify it. I can't, I can't remember what it was. It's not what it looks like. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to make a quick buck. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really think it worked. I'm, I'm not sure we sold any copies, but you know, it got me, it, it introduced me to Google.com and, and, uh, and that changed my life. Yeah, I guess it's, it's about the friends you made along the way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not about the treasure at the end of the road. Um, okay, that's, yeah, I, I think I, I actually echo that sentiment. I think, actually, do I? Who are my friends when we were in Pakistan for a year? Yeah, again, I don't really remember. I think it's, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't really conscious at the time. When do you think you gained consciousness? I think I probably, I think I, I can probably remember stuff from primary school in the UK onwards. Okay. How yeah. did you make friends at primary school in the UK? Because that was a new environment. You were in year three. I was in year four. We're yeah. coming in halfway through the school year group in a school where we were essentially the only brown people. Yeah. Yeah. So this was like year three, basically. Yeah. Year three, four, five. So I'm kind of a, age eight. So when we were kind of seven, eight, we moved to the UK. Yeah. So I remember there was, there was one kid who we had something in common in that he was actually South African, like his family was South African. And so I think, I can't remember exactly exactly how we ended up becoming friends but I, I do remember that being like a talking point of some sort right and uh, I think there, I think there was also a bit of shared interest like he was also into wrestling and that kind of you know you watch like WWE and that kind of thing nice and so like I, do, I remember we talked about wrestling a few times and someone would walk in and be like it's not what it looks like <laughs> <laughs> it's just wrestling <laughs> nice <laughs> that was good um yeah so that was one of my close friends the I, I feel like in primary school i was just like a really a really nice chill dude you know i didn't really you know i i don't think i was sort of conscious at this stage i didn't have any internal monologue or anything it was just pure unadulterated me and i think i was just like really nice and pleasant to everyone <laughs> okay and um yeah i don't want to blow my own trumpet here but i yeah i think i was like super popular in primary school <laughs> okay um popular as in you'd be foot 
picked first for the football team? Uh, in in a sense, in in the uh, if if low social optionality holidays were a football team, I'd be picked first. So there was like a there, there was a school trip to in like year three, I think it was year four or something. School trip for like uh, two days or something, like mm. a residential trip. Um, and the room picking process oh. was that you like write a list of like three names who you want on your yeah. thing. Um, and so my friends and I, my like close group of friends and I, we all strategize to say, okay, you'll put me as number one. He'll put him as number one. And yeah. so we like figure out the order so that we have to be together yeah. basically. Um, and so we had this great plan. We did this. Um, but then it turned out that like a bunch of, a, a couple of other people who I was friends with, um, but I didn't, I didn't think we were like best friends or anything. They sort of put me down as number one. And so I ended, I ended up sharing a room with uh, a couple of other people and sort of separately from my friends. And that was a bit of like a, whoa, <laughs> all right. That's, oh. that's really nice. You know, people actually like me. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I just think like I was just pure unadulterated, nice, chill, pleasant dude that didn't overthink anything. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I think I just really got on, got on with everyone. Oh, damn. I'm so jealous. That's what? like the opposite to my experience of kind of room room sorting out. Really? What, what so happened with I remember we, we, when we had the residential trips um, in year four, in the first year, uh, I was pretty good friends with, with the people on my table. And so oh, we all okay. kind of had this thing that we'd kind of do it, do it together. And um, we would invite each other to our birthday parties. And it was, it, it was all very nice. Um, yeah. I didn't have too much in common with them. Um, sort of as I got, as, as, as we went through primary school, the next year, I ended up kind of making making friends with the nerds. So there was this other guy who I used to, used to play chess with. There was this other guy who was like super into Harry Potter and stuff. And we'd kind of exchange Harry Potter trivia, lol. Yeah. Um, but these two guys were like the class nerds slash the, the sort of social out- outcasts of the class. Ah. And I just kind of threw my lot in with them. <laughs> and so when when it came to choosing rooms and stuff, I remember kind of being very torn between this thing of, I kind of want to hang out with the cool people. Oh, and mate. this thing of, well, I actually quite enjoy hanging out, hanging out with the nerds. Um, and so it ended up being some kind of, some kind of hybrid of the two. And I think uh, the more, the more I progressed through in, in, in year six, I'd really cemented my friendship with the nerds. And then oh, at okay. that point I wasn't like, you, you know what? I don't care about trying to be cool. Wow. That's amazing. You, so you were aware of like the cool and nerdy stuff. Oh God. Yeah. Like yeah. explicitly yeah, man. at the time. The people who were, who were the, the, there was a strong correlation between ability at PE sports and oh, okay. how, how cool you were. That's really interesting because I we're at the same school and I don't remember I mean look there were definitely people who were sort of cooler than others but actually yeah, maybe you're right yeah I think it was probably a thing mm. yeah so in so your friends were sort of shared interest friends at the, because like you yeah shared interest friends and then and, and then in year six when we had this kind of like a top set maths group which you were actually part of despite being a year younger or, or yeah I do I don't like to brag but uh. <laughs> um, then uh, within that, that that was kind of a group of like only only like 10 people in, in like the school I remember that that was a nice that was that was a nice that, that was good that, that was that, that was a sick atmosphere that was great it, was, it was like all of all of the all of the quirk, clever people who all who all had their own quirks and interests and stuff and were just kind of pleasant to to, to be around and, and hang out with i remember there were a couple of cool people in there yeah like oh, it was rory he was quite cool yeah yeah, yeah I remember he, him. but he was he was quite good at football as well ah okay <laughs> I, I, think, I think that's why he was cool there was jack who was he was also quite good at football which is why he was cool uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think it was really like a anyway um, so I, I suppose for me in primary school it was a case of kind of shared interest but also I, I was quite showy offy I think, I think my showy offiness extended into the first few years of secondary school yeah um, did that go well I mean I, I made friends but again I don't, I don't think it was because of the showy offness but Show, showing off about what I don't, so at the, t- at the time I remember um, I remember having this, this this thing of trying to one up people in terms of how good I was at maths <laughs> oh my God. I don't think I told you this it was like because we had this like you know tutor who used to come around to our house 
us in year six and he, you know help us out when we were doing like sin cos and tan and, and stuff in like yeah. you know year five and six so like in in like math lessons i'd i'd kind of i i can't remember this very clearly but i think i'd i, I do this whole thing of like hey guys i've done gcse level maths oh mate <laughs> um and one time our, our friends Susan and Sahib, like their mum came over to the house because we were playing like ratchet and clank or something on the playstation oh, yeah. and she like mentioned to nani that oh uh, I've, uh, I've, uh i uh, i hear ali's very good at gcse maths <laughs> and then nani pointed out to me she was she was like wait a minute have you been being a dick have you been telling, <laughs> telling people you do gcse you've got to cut it out <laughs> and i think from that point on i was like oh damn yeah you're right nani yeah so i think my show your fiendness extended to kind of year seven and eight as well how conscious were you about making friends in like year seven eight let's say nine i think it was a it was a concern when i when I was going in like i was worried that i wouldn't have friends yeah. and i was like really hanging on to the fact that we already knew like two people at the school and i was like okay cool if, if worse comes to worst i kind of be, be be friends with those guys yeah and then i just didn't didn't think too hard about it and you know you just sort of gravitate towards people who are also nerds with with shared interests yeah i guess it just sort of happens i, I think at the start of secondary school yeah i had a couple of friends from primary school who were also going to the same secondary school and so we still stayed really good friends and that was nice to have um then i think i sort of gravitated towards man i actually don't really remember i think i switched friendship groups a lot in the yeah, first few years you were really school. promiscuous in your friendships whereas my same group from year seven stayed continuous too now yeah i think so i i think one thing that really kind of mixed up the friendship stuff for me was once again low social optionality holidays so i went on a lot of school trips uh maybe like probably on average 1.5 or two residential sort of trips per year mm. and that would that would be like a nice mixing pot because you it, it sort of forced you to hang out with people who you're not usually friends with and so there was like a, a ski trip where i ended up like sharing a room with a couple of people who you know i barely knew beforehand there was like trips to france and stuff i think through those through like the school trips i ended up sort of getting in with like a new group of people and so i think yeah they they sort of acted as a catalyst for me switching around groups and stuff um but i i do remember at the start of secondary school where it was like not cool to be academic or whatever and so i was definitely like one of the more nerdy ones um <laughs> to put it mildly to put it mildly but then i i think i remember that towards like gcse time it then kind of normalized and everyone kind of started valuing uh academics a bit more and then the sort of nerd jock divide kind of went away and i think by the end of secondary school it was like basically non-existent where everyone was friends with everyone it was like really nice good vibes uh i think i sort of yeah yeah it was it was okay. kind of nice towards the end so when did you uh, slash did you ever start to actively think about the process of making friends and like being the, this idea of popularity a type or, or as, as like a, a key performance indicator <laughs> KPI. Yeah. yeah, I think I was definitely thinking about... So I remember, you've, you brought this up in the past, but I think in year eight, I had some like phase where I wanted to be cool. Oh. And I was hanging out with some like, uh, you know, some of the more chat chavs. I don't know if that's uh, the right word, but yeah, more of like the cooler kids. So for the record, when when, when Tame got into year eight, he got a Blackberry and started messaging people. I didn't on, get a Blackberry. It wasn't Blackberry. It was like a Nokia with... I got like a, a sliding phone. With a keyboard. It had, had, had a physical keyboard on it. It did, yeah. Um, and you would hang out kind of by the girls school at lunchtime and you had some like girls school friends and you used to like gel up your hair <laughs> with, like, with like with like the three little bits of hair sticking up just just to paint the picture of what Tame was like in year eight yeah so i think at, at, at that time i was actually extremely conscious about the cool thing and it was basically my life's purpose to sort of be cool and get in with the cool <laughs> be kids cool, man. <laughs> yeah <laughs> just be cool <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I was sort of in with a few different crowds on an, in an attempt to kind of do that. Um, why do you think that was? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I, I just, I do remember this being like a massive part of what I, what I cared about. 
Doesn't uh, every kid care about that? No. So uh, actually, I think I think it comes down to a discussion that we had earlier about what your sources of sources of identity are. Okay. So for example, for me, um, uh, you know, I, again, I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I, I, I came into the school rank rank number one in the 11 plus. And so my whole spiel every single year was like, I have to maintain my position as rank one. And so my whole kind of being was focused, focused kind of on that. And therefore this idea of kind of trying to be cool, trying to be popular just did was not even on the radar because the only source of identity I had in my life was, you know, ranking ranking top of the year and then you know i just, I just had my friends on the side and, really and that was and that was absolutely fine and i suspect that your thing your thing like you weren't sort of working that hard to solely rank rank number one i didn't really care about that yeah and so you had to find other sources of identity is my is my theory and and the most sort of the most salient the most obvious source of identity is to be cool at that point that's interesting like for example if you were if you if you were someone like ben grovener who was like this piano prodigy at our school your only identity is the fact that you're a piano prodigy and your whole life is wound up around that you're probably yeah. not trying to be cool yeah you're sorted yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I think it, I think it's similar in that popularity then becomes the the most obvious source of identity and people trust to strive for that. Yeah, that sounds like a pl- plausible theory. I think that might I refuse actually I don't know. May I think you I think you're just weird and you cared about like coming top of the year and you didn't care about being cool. But I imagine like other people who also cared about academics a lot would have still cared about being cool. Don't you think? I don't know if I think about the top five in my year group, I don't think really? any of them cared about being cool. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe it is the identity thing. Yeah. That's, but, yeah. But then like for example in your year, uh, someone like Manu who was who was fairly close to the top of the year, if not top of the year, was was also cool because he was good at sports <laughs> and just like um, pleasant, pleasant and nice in yeah, generally. He's a really good yeah, guy. yeah. I, I I don't know what. He- I sort of started to get to know him sort of GCSEs onwards. Yeah. So I don't know what the first few years were like for him. Oh, it'd be interesting to have it on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But certainly sort of, yeah, GCSEs onwards. Yeah. Yeah, he was really cool. I still think at that point, coolness was highly correlated with sporting prowess. I think, yeah, I think I think it was. And I do remember that like on the first day of like year seven or whatever, there was one kid in our form who was like really tall and sporty. And he was like, he immediately stood out as like, this guy's cool, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and there were a couple of others like that. But I think coolness also correlated with whether you hung out with girls <laughs> oh god yeah yeah no, absolutely 100 <laughs> percent. because it's like a boys school and stuff and yeah. you know <laughs> yeah so like there was you know I, i'd say yeah around year seven and eight the cool kids were hanging out with girls somehow <laughs> by the girl the neck the girl school next door and stuff and i think most people weren't and so it was like whoa these guys are cool but then sort of on a on a similar vein i think th- there was kind of a divide like if i if i think back to my year group there was the cool kids who were good at sports who hung out with the traditionally good-looking girls and then there were the kids who were less good at sports who hung out with the traditionally less good-looking girls and there was definitely a cool hierarchy like it was i th- i i think it was the sporting thing that kind of led to oh, all, okay. all these other kind of outcome measures of coolness whereas just the fact that you had 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 female friends was not much of a you know a prognostic indicator oh okay yeah that's weird actually yeah but then like yeah so in, in school i didn't really have a, a conscious thing about making friends until about year nine or ten. Oh, that was when i so kind of sw- switched my my brain was switched on to this whole like self improvement thing, yeah, and and the idea that you can that it's it's it, you know just 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 that it's even possible to change yourself or just you know yeah. Yeah, even having that mind for the first time that oh hang on you know I've I recognize this as a weakness within myself. You awakened, I, yeah, I was fully awakened, man. <laughs> and I think I think what, what 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 prompted this was that when I was thirteen, uh, so that would have been year eight nine. You I, had your first love. Uh, that was no. a Justin Bieber reference. When I was thirteen, I had my. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Was that like was that baby? Is that Usher? Yeah, it's like the rap baby featuring Usher. I was doing. Oh damn, baby! I mean, for me, it was it was just the chorus that I memorized. Oh okay. Uh, I I don't know the rap bit. Clearly, you were much cooler than I was (laughs) when when "Baby" by Justin Bieber featuring Usher came out. 
All right, so you were 13. I, w- I was 13 and, and I just started my first job working at this tutoring center. Oh, yeah. Where we used to be students. And then, you know, not to blow my own trumpet, but I was kind of a big deal because I was doing GCSE level math at the age of, <laughs> you know, at the age of 10. Um, and then I was in, you know, I, I, I was desperate to become like a, an instructor, so like a helper. Yeah. So I help Mark and help kids with their maths and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I started this at the age of 14, which is, I think, at the time, the minimum legal age to sort of <laughs> uh, have female friends. <laughs> right. the, minimum, the minimum legal age to, ha- to have a part time job. Yeah. And, I was the only boy there and every and, and all the others were girls who were like year 11 oh, <laughs> and I wasn't like year 9 and I was yeah. like oh my god <laughs> I need to figure out a way of making friends with these year 11 girls yeah this cool older girls yeah exactly and I realised that I didn't have anything to talk about with them and I just yeah. was kind of kind of awkward and stuff yeah and that was when I decided you know what I'm going to try making friends with these girls so there were kind of two two parallel streams that I took okay okay that. yeah uh, parallel stream number one was that I started watching uh, girly TV shows I remember this phase so I started yeah. watching like Gossip Girl and 90210 and then later The Vampire Diaries and I absolutely freaking loved it because it, yeah. it was incredible and I, was, I unlocked a whole aspect of my life that I didn't know I was interested in well, okay wait so <laughs> you enjoy the TV shows but you started doing it as a tool to make yeah. conversation with yeah girls. because I heard that you know Imogen and like you know Camilla or whatever her name was yeah. Imogen and Georgina talking about uh, 90210 and yeah. I was like you know what what's this 90210 stuff <laughs> and then I started watching it I was like yeah. oh my god this is sick <laughs> and then Gossip Girl around the same time and then when you discover the cw network and everything kind of spins off from that this wait, this is insane you caught you overheard them talking about a tv show and you consciously thought i'm gonna start watching this tv show so I, yeah so, so so i can connect oh. with my fellow man no, that's, I, mean, I think it's really cool i think <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fair game but like props to you for being so deliberate at that oh, at thank you you, you know I, I i feel like i peaked early um so i, I had that one stream of watch, watching these tv shows to try and get in with with people there was a second stream where i started reading self-help books I, in year nine year 10 year nine and ten so that was when a, when a mutual friend discovered a book called The Game, which is all about how to how to how to pick up girls. And, so, and suddenly, you know, he was he was telling everyone he was telling everyone about it. He was like, "Oh my god, guys, I've just discovered this thing. You know, yeah, yeah. you can improve your skills at you know picking up girls." Blah 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 blah. And that just kind of led to this whole idea of that you can do stuff to improve quote, improve yourself if yeah. you see weaknesses in yourself. So, so I started reading books like How to Win Friends and Influence People and books about charisma and stuff like that. And sort of that's kind of stayed stayed true to this day. And I think kind of re- reflecting there was a third a third stream where I realized that my personality was, was kind of boring so I became I, I, I became like super super camp if, the, if are we allowed to use the word camp these days I think is so. it acceptable I think it's fine um, so I would kind of act like these girls at work would act so for example oh my god Nate is so uh, is uh, you know is so hot or like oh my god Chuck's voice uh, you, you know stuff yeah, like that and yeah, just, yeah. just kind of embodied this personality kind of as a piss take but also kind of as a you know, it, it was quite fun having this alter ego that I could just freely experiment experiment yeah. with yeah, yeah, yeah. and kind of really gush over how attractive you know yeah. Chase Crawford was and it was just it was just interesting and it was a really I find it like a really hacky nice way to connect with these people and then you know we ended up having good conversations and stuff yeah, sure. that were beyond beyond that but I think that was like the gateway drug so I, I remember when you were going through this phase because I think we went to like Pakistan for a wedding or something yes and uh, it was that was an interesting period because sort of every evening there'd be like some wedding event at someone's house and there'd be like a bunch of people that we didn't know and we'd sort of mingle with the other kids and stuff and you'd have this spiel of like yeah your your whole thing was like oh my god I love Vampire Diaries or like oh my god I love Justin Bieber <laughs> yeah all this kind of stuff yeah and I remember being really annoyed by that because to me it just seemed extremely inauthentic I was like oh my god what is this guy doing like you know yeah <laughs> And I think I was kind of annoyed as well because it was sort of working. Like, you know. Yeah, it was working. I was, I was people seemed, these, these people. People seemed to like it. Yeah. I, I had these new kind of female friends for the first time in my life. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I remember I, being annoyed by that. That's but, how you do it. Uh, well, well played, I guess. Well, thank you very much. I don't think I had any conscious strategies at that time. Yeah, I wouldn't say I had any conscious strategies. I think 
things just kind of happened. There were, I, yeah, I, I, I never really thought, oh, I really want to be friends with that person. How am I going to make it happen or anything like that? Yeah, I yeah, think like, sort of with, with, you, with your friendship group, it was quite, it was quite mixed. Like m- mine, I suppose if we were to stereotype, like I was friends with the nerds. Whereas you kind of had a few different groups going and then you had your Skype call, which... Oh, mate. Do you, do you want to talk about the Skype call? That was call? a, yeah, formative period of my life. I had, a, there was, I had a group of friends, all fairly nerdy, but like also fairly cool, I think. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone else would describe it. Yeah, we used to any, think so anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and they yeah they were just like really into playing video games and so they sort of play video games together every night uh, on Skype and I, I was slightly less into the video games but I used to play occasionally with them um, as a way to fit in as a way to fit in <laughs> no, I mean I enjoyed it too but I think yeah I was friends with like a couple of them and so uh, I ended up joining this little group and basically every evening we'd all just hang out on Skype together you know like six to eight people in a Skype call you know it didn't have to be that someone was talking all the time it's just like hanging out being in, in the presence of your friends and then occasionally we'd like play games together and just like you know shoot the shit basically um and it was really really fun this went on for like a couple of years it was like a massive source of joy in my life uh you sort of get home and you hang out with your friends it was super super cool you know i'd be like working random pro- you know i think uh, that was around the time i started making websites and stuff and i sort of send it to them and we'd all like you know play around with it and stuff and yeah, yeah uh, i made this site called clickfilia which was my first website where it, it was sort of uh yeah taking every game and its base form which is just clicking a clicking a button and getting points and so on clickfilia all you had to do was repeatedly press a button uh, and your, your points would go up and so we had a, a really fun few evenings where everyone was like on that and they were like trying to hack it and, and all this kind of stuff um so i think that was like a really good group of friends and it, it was a really nice period but i think when i did start getting intentional about it was probably sixth form because i was like okay there's going to be like some new kids coming in in the sixth form um and i was like okay yeah i'm i'm gonna like i don't know about re i don't think i was trying to reinvent myself per se actually no i do remember trying to reinvent myself on sixth form yeah so that's kind of age 16 17 age. yeah yeah okay what do you mean trying to reinvent yourself re- uh not completely change myself but just like i think my my th- my thinking was these people have no you know perception of who i am and so i can behave in ways that reflect better on me and so i remember like in the first few weeks i made a real effort to be like really high energy and really sort of uh bubbly and friendly with everyone and that was really nice and i sort of sort of got on with a lot of people and sort of made some you know had some nice interactions but it was just a lot of effort being that high energy um and i i I couldn't really sort of keep it up um and (laughs) yeah i ended up making a few sort of yeah really close friends but not because of that thing or the high energy thing more. yeah I don't know like, I feel like a, lo- a lot of friendships were just based on proximity yeah like there was a guy who I sat next yeah, to yeah if you sit next Kobe, to someone chances sat- are you're going to become friends with them yeah I sat next to him in maths we just like yeah we really got on we're like best mates yeah and yeah I think towards the end of sixth form yeah sixth form was another good mixing pot because you sort of have free periods with people and these were people that he, you literally might not have spoken to for the whole six years of school before that and you kind of like share these free periods together and so you end up just hanging out in the common room playing some tail football eating toast together um, and so that was another nice kind of low optionality way to to make make new friends almost yeah i agree i think like in in sixth form specifically in the in the in year 13 the final year of school was when i really started to actually sort of actively get to know the people that you know that weren't the, traditionally the nerds because of the free period vibe yeah so in in year 12 i didn't have any free periods because i was you know doing five a levels lol um <laughs> oh yeah you're one of those guys weren't you? one of those guys but then i dropped english literature for fa2 and, and suddenly had had the, all these free periods and i was just kind of making friends with people just randomly and it, it was just really nice yeah and it was great i i kind of got the vibe at the end of by the end of the year that actually 
as you said, this nerd jock separation isn't really a thing anymore and we're all kind of hanging out with each other. I think one thing that, um, one other thing I actively did to try and be more popular and make friends was get into close-up magic. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that was at the start of year 12, which was the first year of sixth form when I was around 16, 17. And I watched an episode of the Penn and Teller show where Michael Vincent, this like amazing card magician, was did this like, amazing thing and my mind was blown. So then I started learning magic and stuff. And then I started taking my deck of cards into school and people would be like, oh my God, I show us a trick. And I remember we had this one biology trip where all the all the cool kids um, and the hot girls were kind of in their little friendship group and, oh, yeah. and, and would be hanging out. And then one of them, one of the quote cool kids came down to came down to where I was and was like, oh, Ali, please can you show us a magic trick? Oh. And I was like, right, lads, here How we go. This is, it, it felt incredible. This is like, you know, <laughs> what I've been training for. So I went up to their room and there was like, I, th- I think it was like the girls room, which which was the, kind of the social hub for this, yeah. for the for the cool kids network on this biology field trip in Wales, <laughs> uh, where we were ca- counting kind of limpets on a rock. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I, was, I was sitting on the floor, the girls were kind of on the bunk beds and there was kind of like a crowd of like the cool guys around oh, me. Mate. And then I did my invisible deck routine, which yeah. is an absolutely killer trick. It's like one of the best magic tricks in the world. And I pulled it off and I, the the showmanship around it was was like really good. And when, oh, on nice. the final reveal, everyone was like, it, it was like, you know, a dynamo reaction. Oh, was like, oh my God, no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh my yeah. God, no way. Um, and that just was like the best feeling ever. I was like, yes, this is me, man. It's interesting that you say that as like, you were happy with that. Because I was always quite wary of almost... On these crutches. Yeah, these crutches, because I'm more, I think I would have felt like used or something. And so like, for example, I had a few sought after skills <laughs> in school uh, to do with like designing things and tech stuff and like photography and filmmaking and that kind of thing. And I was never keen on that becoming, on like doing that for other people because I, th- I think it happened a few times where someone would have been like, oh, hey, you know, can you like film this thing for us or like be the photographer at this thing and i wouldn't have seen that as like oh yeah cool kids want to like be friends with me i would have seen that as like i would have felt used i think i did feel used in times like that and so i think if i was in your position with the magic thing i would have been like really skeptical and wary of it like did it actually work for making the friends um it would it wasn't designed to be a making frenzy thing because I was super happy with my friendship group at the time. It was it was designed to be a increase my charisma, try and become more popular type thing. Oh, okay. Um, because I, at this time I was conscious of, of uh, you know the medicine application process and I knew I had to become more of a people person and be more bubbly and stuff supposedly. Yeah. Uh, so I thought you know this would be a nice a nice way to, to kind of practice that and kind of step out the comfort zone and this was sort of peak kind of self self improvement books time for me. Oh right. Yeah. Um, and so a big part of me was thinking oh okay this is a great way to step outside outside of my comfort zone so what happened after you did the invisible deck to the, the cool kids room on the biology oh, I don't think, I mean, it was, it was did, what it was I did mean, you then leave the room yeah then left the room after one they were like all, all talking about it being like oh, you, you know I, I, I kind of made an exit like alright guys I'm going to get back to my friends you know I'm, I, you know, I'm the cool one here <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the one leaving you guys <laughs> Well, so you uh, literally just did the trick and left. Uh, no, I mean, I, I did the trick. They were asking how it's done. I, I, I had a few canned lines prepared, you know, as all, as all magicians do. Yeah. So, you know, can you keep a secret? Yeah, me too. <laughs> nice, <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like, oh. Yeah. Um, but no, then I just went down to my friends. And, and then, yeah, the, 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 the objective wasn't to become close friends with the cool kids. The objective was to get the validation of the cool kids. Ah, okay. <laughs> and yeah. so once I had that validation, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go back to my nerds and have a great time. Yeah. We were playing cards or something like that. Um, but I, th- uh, I think the magic thing is different to the photography because like the, there's a difference between being popular because you do magic versus being popular because you know how to fix a printer. <laughs> yeah. And kind of your skills in demand were the fix a printer sort of skills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas magic is a performance art. It's like being popular because you're, you're good at singing 
singing and yeah, playing the guitar and stuff. So, like, guess, you know, it's yeah. deliberately it's more about you than deliberately you performative. Do. So yeah, that was sort of my process for making friends. And then I think obviously the, the the next stage was at university, where suddenly you don't know anyone and you're kind of in this melting pot of emotions. Yeah. How did you make friends at university? So I think that was a pretty interesting time for me. I think I, I don't think I went in with the mindset of like I'm going to reinvent myself. Yeah, I, I don't think it was like a reinvention mindset because I'd kind of been through that in sixth form. I was like, okay, this doesn't really work. You know, I, I'm not going to like radically change who I am or whatever or change how I behave. Um, I think at the start of university, I got quite lucky in that uh, I found like a really nice group of people really, really quickly. So like in the first week or something, uh, a, a bunch of people were like hanging out in my room um, and we all really got on, uh, turned out to be have a slight bias towards people who studied physics. Um, and I perceived them as more of like more nerdy and less cool and we all perceived ourselves to be more nerdy and less cool and i think there was i, I remember distinctly one turning point where like we we're all hanging out <laughs> turning point <laughs> uh, <laughs> we we're all hanging out and i think one of the guys made some joke about how we weren't cool I think like we were having some like discussion about something really, I guess, nerdy. And he said something like, wow, we are not cool or something. And I remember that being like, A, really funny and B, also like really nice because it kind of, well, I was kind of feeling that way and it kind of addressed the elephant in the room and kind of made it okay because like it was sort of like a self-acceptance kind of thing. But I still remember feeling quite insecure because I was like, ah, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, you know, first few weeks of uni. I do have this group of people who I spending time with and we all get on um but you know maybe i should you know spread the net wider and you know maybe i could be friends with the you know the cooler people and so i kind of entered university with this uh with the kind of school kid mentality of cool cool people and not cool people and i perceived the sort of yeah i guess sort of sportier good looking kind of people to be cool um and i perceived the yeah i guess the opposites to be less cool um and so i felt insecure about that initially and i was i kind of and yeah i kind of felt like ah maybe i should like be try and be friends with the cool people but i think towards the end of my first term i realized that was a, a lost cause and that what i had was actually yeah I, th- I think i had a conversation with one of the people who i perceived to be quite cool and i think they yeah from like talking to them about like friends and stuff I, it, it turned out that basically they hadn't really found a group and you know they didn't re- they didn't really feel like they had any sort of friends yet and things like that and it kind of made me realize that actually what i have is pretty good you know most people are looking for exactly this kind of group where you really get on with them and everyone really likes each other and i had that and then i sort of uh yeah was grateful for what i had and, and kind of started living my life nice that's quite a, a nice heartwarming story yeah story of acceptance with the cool kids uh, yeah, with, the, yeah, yeah. With, the, with the the uncool kids um so for me i kind of went in fully on the i need to make friends hype really yeah, no, 100%. It was like the biggest concern. I think it's a, it's a huge concern for a lot of people yeah, going yeah, into yeah. university. How will I make friends? For sure. And um, I had, luckily, I, I, I already knew a few people who'd been to Cambridge. And so I knew that I would want to get heavily involved in the Islamic society and in the Pakistan society. Because these people that I knew who went to Cambridge, they had all their best friends through that. Yeah. So I was fully on from day one that, look, I'm going to, you know, make myself, you know, a decently sort of fun loving member of these of these societies. Yeah. And so I went to every Freshers event. I went to all the chills afterwards. I sort of tried to reinvent myself in the, in that I became, I became a lot more high energy than I, I normally tend to be. Yeah. And that worked really well. Like I made some fantastic friends through ISOC and PACSOC uh, to the extent that I actually neglected a, a few kind of college friendships. But then I sort of perceived at the time that actually if it's a choice between hanging out with my white friends in college versus hanging out with my brown friends in PACSOC, I'd pick the brown friends in PACSOC, you know, 90% of the time. Okay. And so I didn't really feel that need to become friends with the cool kids. I think also uh, there was still this sort of cool kid, less cool kid divide. Um, at least the way I perceived it, I don't know if they perceived 
perceived as such, whereby kind of the cool kids would be the ones, you know, traditionally the kind of sporty, loud, potentially good looking types who would kind of go out drinking and clubbing and stuff together. Yeah, yeah. And there would be also sort of kind of, you know, this person sleeping with that person, this and that. Um, and that would all be tend to be kind of one sort of friendship group. And then one thing that I actually was really surprised by was uh, towards the end of first year, um, I started playing Yu-Gi-Oh cards with some other people and they were part of this other friendship group that was very mixed, very diverse, very interesting, but the, the, where the people in it mostly were not traditionally cool. Where the Yu-Gi-Oh card kids weren't traditionally cool. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh card kids. <laughs> there were actually a few kids in the Yu-Gi-Oh card kid crew. For the, 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 there was one guy who was like a university athletics runner or something. Oh, cool. So he was kind of fitting with the cool kids, but also kind of more with the university card kid. Yeah. Uh, and th- there, were, there, were, there were a handful of people in that group that previously I... Th- I thought were quick cool and then I was, I was pleasantly surprised by how well I got on with them Yeah, and that that was the first sort of instance that made me realise that actually maybe this cool you know this jock nerd thing is, isn't as, as much of a thing as I'm making out to be Yeah, especially because you know especially when the kind of the, kind of the res- results came out at the end of first year and I, su- I suppose I just kind of had in my head the bias that you know if someone's cool and sporty they're not going to be a nerd yeah 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 exactly. and then, and, no and then suddenly you know some guy doing like economics or, or maths or something is top of his year group and he's cool and he plays <laughs> rugby and I'm like oh my god you know, <laughs> this has completely blown my worldview apart because sporting ability should be negatively correlated with academic ability but that just wasn't the case <laughs> yeah so it was those two things that made me realize this, this, that, yeah i just kind of ended up breaking down these this separation in my head between the jocks and the, and the nerds yeah I, I do remember that as well yeah i think yeah after first year results it was like whoa okay all right <laughs> <laughs> got it that's that's yeah okay <laughs> Yeah, and I suppose at, at university, my main strat was just kind of being high energy. But I also, at, at this point, I'd read a ton of self-help books and a lot of stuff about how to make friends. So I was yeah. actively implementing all of those. I made it a real point to become kind of the leader of, of the friendship group. Um, there was this great book I the read. The leader? What the hell are you on about? No, so there was this fantastic book. I, I can't remember where I read it, where, where I read it. But the, the point it was making was that, you know, try and be the organizer of whatever social group you want to be a part of. So for example, let's say you're super into ballroom dancing. You know, make an effort to join the committee of that thing or kind of organize events yourself. Yeah. And for me, that was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, all, all my close friends are in the Pakistan society. I'm going to make it a point to get on that committee and try and become president or, yeah. or something like that, because it just kind of means you've got fingers in more pies as such within, yeah. within that society. Um, and so I started sort of volunteering my room as a place to hang out and, and, and stuff like that. And I think that continued for the whole six years at university, even the final three years where I didn't really have any Asian friends. I kind of made my room the social hub. And that was just really, really nice because I personally don't really value privacy that highly. And so I would not have any qualms at all with people being in my room and hanging out yeah i made a lot of friends through proximity that way which was really nice yeah i think the sort of uh, i sort of had the open door policy as well i didn't really care about privacy and it's nice to have people around and yeah there'll always be people like squatting in my room even when i wasn't there and, and stuff like that and that was a nice way to yeah almost bring the social hub to you um i i so i did some like committee stuff so there was some stuff i was quite interested in i joined the entrepreneurship society and joined the committee and all that kind of stuff but i found that i actually didn't really make friends through that um and i think it was kind of just my attitude towards it because I'd sort of, you know, when it came to sort of business stuff or this society or whatever, like organizing events and going to committee meetings and stuff, I'd do all of that, but I never really took it, took any of those connections outside of the society into just being like friends. And I think it was partly because, yeah, I just didn't know how. I was like, okay, even if there was a person who I thought seemed cool, and not like cool in in the sort of cool versus not cool way, but cool as in I want to be friends with this person, I just wouldn't think to do anything about it. And it actually, it wasn't until fourth year that I actually realized that, hmm, if you like someone, (laughs) you can just ask them to hang out. And that's how you make friends. And I remember there was this time where... 
Um, I met this guy uh, through some friends. A few of us were hanging out. We all had dinner or something and I got on with this guy and I went away thinking, oh yeah, that was a cool guy. Uh, presumably he went away thinking the same about me. And then a few days later, he messaged saying, hey, it was really nice to meet. Do you want to like get coffee or something? And I, I remember Your mind was my blown. mind was completely blown. It's like, whoa, <laughs> you, you could just do that? <laughs> you could ask people out for coffee? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I felt like, yeah, I felt so, so nice because it was like, it was basically someone saying, hey, I want to be your friend. Whereas before that was never explicitly stated. It's like you end up hanging out with people and this stuff and, and stuff. And you're obviously good friends, but at no point has anyone said, hey, <laughs> I want us to be friends. <laughs> and I think that was, this guy did it. And I was like, oh my God, what the hell have I been doing for four years? I've literally never done that to anyone. I think I was really fortunate in that sort of people asked me to hang out with them and stuff like that and because of proximity I ended up hanging out with people but I never deliberately reached out to anyone even if I thought you know I really wanted to be friends with them mm. so maybe I should have read your self-help book that said you know <laughs> be the social hub leader so, organize yeah, the no, things maybe. and invite people to stuff and but then like on that note I think I also haven't haven't done that as explicitly as I, w- I would like to uh, so so for example I remember a few a few weeks ago I was playing I was invited to like you know this football match between the vascular surgery team and the you know the general surgery team yeah and after that there was a, there was this guy who's who's another f1 in my in my year group that i always thought it's kind of cool i want to get to know him so after this we were sort of chatting a bit and i was like hey i'm gonna grab some 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 food at costa do you want to join and he was like oh actually yeah that'll be good whoa and that was really nice we had we had like a great chat and then some other people just happened happened to be walking past and they were like hey actually guys we're we're, we're all going for this all you can eat sushi do you guys want to come we've got a car and we we both kind of looked at each other like yeah all right why not (laughs) and that was really nice you know got to know some people and i I think i want to do more of this explicit just kind of messaging someone to be like hey do you want to grab dinner yeah 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 exactly because i think one thing that i did is, is I sort of overcorrected onto the invite everyone to everything. Yes, I remember this. I so, remember being so, really so, so I, I was big on the open door policy and especially when I was president of, the, of like Pakistan society, I didn't want it to seem as if, you know, I, I, d- I did not at all want it to be cliquey. I wanted to be like, you know what? We're having a chill in my room. I'll put out a mass invite. Yeah, I, kn- I know that only my closest friends will come, but you know, just in case there is some first year who doesn't know what to do and is bored because all the college people are going clubbing, at least it gives them the option. And I think that definitely brought a few people in and kind of helped them out at a vulnerable time when they didn't have any other friends yeah but sort of overcracking it to the point where when we started when we started f1 being being doctors um i'd have like we uh, me and molly would have like parties at our place parties is a strong word more like gatherings with board games and stuff <laughs> and rather than invite people individually i just kind of post it on the whatsapp group and just kind of be like oh whatever people are going to come yeah but i think i would have made closer friends had i actively sought out the people that i thought i i, I thought were cool that, that i wanted to be friends with yeah and just kind of be, be like hey guys do you, do you, the four of us should we go for dinner or something yeah rather than always having to make it a mass mass group invite yeah 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 exactly because i think even with mass group invites it puts a lot of burden on the other person to say to actively reach out and and come to your event yeah for sure so unless they really really want to then you know it's just not necessarily going to happen yeah i think having yeah i think it's good to have both sort of i think open door policy in general is a nice thing but also being deliberate about smaller intimate groups is really nice and i think like i'm I'm completely baffled that i didn't realize this until fourth year because like i had friends who'd like always be making the effort with me so like my friend Arthur, who I end up sharing a room with in second and third year, and now we're really good friends. He's actually getting married in, in a few months' time. Um, he, I remember in first year, he lived on the other side of college to me, which, okay, in absolute terms, that was a four-minute walk. But <laughs> the other side of college in first year was like, oh, man, you know, I mean, I had, you know, people I knew literally 30 seconds away. Um, and so I, I literally never made the effort to go over to his place and hang out. But like every day, he'd basically come in the afternoon and we'd sit down and have tea in my room and stuff like that. Um, I think I was, yeah, 
yeah, really lucky that other people did this like deliberate thing. Um, and I think even now I probably don't do it enough. So for example, um, I don't want to skip too far ahead and jump to last week when I was in Malawi. But yeah, basically after after this Malawi thing, uh, I really wanted to stay in touch with people. And a couple of people sort of, uh, we had like a group chat on WhatsApp. I feel, I feel a bit weird talking about this because a few of the people are actually now podcast listeners. So no, no way. Hopefully they won't listen to this hopefully episode have for gone this far ahead. a few months. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a few people were just like, uh, you know, private messaged me outside of the WhatsApp group saying, you know, hey, it was like really nice to meet you. Let's be friends in real life. You know, let's. Really? Is that what they said? Let's li- be friends in real life. Li- literally, let's be friends in real life. It was just it was super nice. And I was like, wow, that, yeah, I actually felt the same way. But I would, I, I didn't take that initiative, yeah. even though I felt the same way. And so. Yeah, I think I, sh- I should still definitely do more of that. Um, but one other thing I wanted to talk about was that it's easy to look back on this stuff and look back on your mental states and, and sort of uh, map it all out very clearly of like, you know, I used to think some people were cool and I used to think I was uncool and all this kind of stuff. But it really, until about third year, I think I didn't really, I kind of realized that I saw this the world in this sort of cool versus uncool thing. But what I didn't realize was that I think, I, yeah, I think we've talked about this uh, in previous episodes. I think, yeah, I I felt like I can't be, you know, I can't be friends with certain types of people who I perceive as cool and Mm. stuff. And I think that really stopped me from connecting with people who, um, some of which I now have connected with and I'm good friends with, but I'm sure there are others where, because I had this weird sort of insecurity about like, this guy's too cool for me, I didn't end up connecting with them um, and it sort of held me back socially at the time. And I, I didn't realize it at all. And when I sort of started to realize this in third year, I was like, whoa, this is insane. Uh, even though it sounds very obvious to look back on it and describe the phenomenon now. Yeah. Did you have people like that? Did you have see people who were like, you, you thought, oh man, they, oh, yeah. they're I just, way I just, too cool I just assumed I wouldn't be friends with them uh, until sort of I realized a few of them were in this Yu-Gi-Oh crew and then I was like, oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, that, that, was, that was kind of a game-changing moment. Um, there was uh, this this thing that you said about about taking the initiative re- reminds me of like a very nice piece of life advice that I I, I love to refer to, and I can't, I can't I can't remember where I read this, but it was along the lines it was in one of these how to make friends types books, and the thesis was that everyone is nice, but you have to go first. Yeah, and if you're the if you if you're the one to say hello to t- take the initiative, you realise that actually everyone is really nice, and we all kind of live in this world whereby we're sort of going by and with we're, we're thinking that actually we don't want to we, we don't want to be nuisance, we don't want to whatever. Yeah, we, 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 we just wouldn't even consider. But actually, if you're the one who says hello to someone on the train, they're, they're probably going to be nice about it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but they're probably not going to take the initiative. Yeah, the thing is, it it is a big sort of moment of vulnerability to say to someone that, "Hey, I want to be friends with you." It's almost like it's it's actually definitely way more vulnerable than like asking someone out on a date, for example. Because mm. if you ask someone out on a date, it's like, "Hey, will you go out with me?" It's like, okay, this person, presumably you don't know this person that well at this mm. point. If they say no, it's like, yeah, whatever. Um, you know, not the end of the world. But if 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 you ask someone, hey can we be friends and then and it turns out they don't want to be friends with you yeah that's like your <laughs> that's, whole yeah they're rejecting your entire being rather than just you know yeah <laughs> yeah it's funny how kind of the world changes such that kind of when you're young it's so easy to ask people to be friends with you yeah 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 and it's so hard, so to, hard ask to ask someone, someone on, on dates date. yeah but now it's just like you know ask someone on a date yeah whatever <laughs> ask someone will you be my friend oh my god yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm putting my whole my whole life on the line <laughs> that's really profound i think uh i think we should end it on that profound note and that, that is a great place to wrap up um one thing that we actually wanted to do was we, we should have done this at the start is that we want to give a shout out to people who have been saying saying nice things about uh, about the podcast so um 
was reading a review earlier from Headless Rhino, who says, great podcast between two brothers, really interesting topics about productivity, philosophy, life hacks, touches on a lot of societal and individual perception and how we conceptualize, which I like. Can only imagine it'll get even better and refined with time. Smiley face. So thank you, Headless Rhino. Uh, if you'd like to be shouted out on the podcast, we're going to do like a thing at the start of every episode where we kind of shout out um, an email or a review or whatever we got. So do please leave us a review on the iTunes store or send us an email at hi at notoverthinking.com. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week. Yeah, just one final note. I'm st- we're still behind on emails, but I, I think I've now replied to emails that were sent up to like the second week of July or something. Okay, that's not too bad. It's only, we're, t- we're only two weeks behind then. Uh, so and we're going to yeah. make this shared Gmail account that we can both Yeah, yeah. So, so today so we're going to do that. Yeah, set this up. And so then we'll be on top of emails. But yeah, keep, keep the emails coming. Really, really appreciate them. Cool. Cheers, guys. Bye.